light. Take your Bible. First of all, I want you to look to the person next to you. Some of you are awfully sad-looking people. Now look at the person next to you. It'll give you a, make you smile or cringe one. Amen. All right. Praise God. It's good to be in the Lord's house. And God's got a truth for us. And we need to hear it. We don't want to miss it. Take your Bible and turn, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter number 17, page 337. Page 337. Got your place? Let's all stand together. Amen. Begin reading verse number 12. Now David was the son of Ephrathah of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. The name of the three sons that went to the battle were Elab, the firstborn, and the next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammai. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephod of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand. And look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as a... a as the host was going forth to the fire and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his chariot in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. How many of you remember the message Matthew preached on in the hand of the carriage? Keeper of the carriage. And ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And he talked with them. Behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines that spake according to the same words, and David heard them. Let's go to the throne of grace. And ask God to help us again here tonight. Eddie, how about you praying? Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Let's see if we can get my thing to working for me here tonight. It's not, something ain't clicking. There you go. Tonight, with the help of God, I want to talk about facing the giant. What did David hear? The Bible says, and David heard them. What did he hear? Well, in verse 8 through 10, And he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you coming out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, 
then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Here we have David facing his giant. And don't miss this. whole lot of giants in life we face. Goliath wasn't the only one. He'll not be the last one. Many folks face physical giants. Many folks face financial giants. Some folks face spiritual giants. There is going to always be giants in our life. But when David got there and he heard this, and the Philistine, the champion, we looked last week on this series on the heart of the champion, Goliath is the only one in the Bible that the title champion was given to. This, this was literally, if you wasn't here last week, this is literally how big he would have been. He was, that, that is a full scale of about the size he was. He was one big dude. Amen? I mean, one big dude. And he was a champion. He was a champion because he had the heart of a champion. But we said last week, if David or whomever can whip this champion, then guess what? They become the champion. Amen? Uh, I, if you have never seen it, you I don't promote movies much, but there's a movie called Facing the Giants. If, how many of you have ever seen that movie? It is a great movie. And it, the goal of the movie was, you know, everybody's talking about that last team. They're bigger. They're stronger. And, and, and if anybody faces them, you know, you're going to get a beating. And yet they faced them and, and won it. So the ideal being is this. Now tonight, as we face the giants in our life, and um, I have such a heart for our young people in our church that I, I really so want to help you. And I, I, I prayed all day because I, I do know something. I know this. Uh, how many of you understand this? By the way, adults are masters at this. We, we really got this down path. Some of the young people not got quite on yet, but they, they're getting there. But we can cut off a sermon. Click it off. Need a shame. There'll be those sitting here totally miss what God has for them because they've done turned it off. I, I, I'm going to share this Sunday. They made the assumption they know all there is about this. Uh, a first grade teacher, last day before Christmas and the kids lined up to give her a gift. And the first little boy walked up and he had a, a box and his daddy run a candy store, so she said, I, I bet you that's candy. He said, why, sure, teacher, that's candy. Well, the second kid had a longer box. His daddy run a flower shop. And he, she said, I bet you that is a flower. Why, yes, teacher, my, how good. I mean, you just picked it off. The next boy come up. And his daddy run a liquor store. And it was a leaking. 
So she rested down, she touched it, she said, champagne, he said, nope. She, Danny gets it, wines, nope, it's a puppy. <laughs> she made the assumption, just like some of you, some of you will make the assumption, you know all there is about this story. And what you do in doing that, you literally take yourself out of the place for God to help you. And what a sad place that is to be. I never want to be there. I, I always want to be a dry sponge to get everything out of God. So let me show you three things. The first thing I see in this story, because David's going to face his giant, he's going to defeat this giant, but I want you to listen to me. Don't miss this. Hey, young people, listen to me. You don't defeat the giant when you face the giant. That's not where you defeat the giant. And you won't defeat the giant in your life. You won't defeat the giant and make the good choices and the good decisions if you wait till you get to facing the giant to do so. That's not where you defeat it. You defeat the giant in number one, in being faithful in the process. Now David was the son of Ephratah of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. He had eight sons, and a man went among men of a, for an old man in the days of Saul. And David, verse 14, was the youngest. And the other three of his older brothers went to Saul to the battle. Man, what an honor. They're in the army, during the marines, during the navy, during the service. They got the uniforms, everything. And David's tending sheep. And the Bible says, that Jesse said, hey son, I want you to go take some bread and some cheese down to your brothers and I want you to see how the battle's going. And it's in this process that I don't find David doing something that a lot do today. Son, I want you to go down. Well, well Dad, did, have, have you forgotten? Samuel come up and anointed me king. And kings don't run errands. Have you, have you forgotten, Dad? I'm going to be the next king. What, what do you mean wanting me to go see how the battle's going? What do you mean me carry some bread and cheese down to my brothers. What, what do you mean doing that? Don't, don't you understand? I've already been anointed king. I've got greatness. It's already been given to me. But don't miss this. David's greatness was not won when he was anointed. Nor was David's greatness won when he defeated the giant. Don't miss this. The giant became the crossroads, the defining moment that thrust David in the limelight. David, go deliver some bread 
and take you some cheese to your brothers. Nobody's writing songs about that. Nobody's singing about that. Nobody's saying, Woo, boy, David is a delivery boy. Nobody's writing songs about that. But it's being faithful in the process. I want to share a story with you. One of the greatest choices in life we make is in making a choice of marriage. We would all agree some of the greatest decisions we make. Now, I'm not here to debate if you be your marriage, if you're already married. I, I'm not here. I'm not here to hurt you. But I am trying to help the next generation. Are you okay with me helping the next generation? Are you? Okay, good. I'm glad you are because I was going to help them anyway. Two young men, almost the same age, both with a world of potential. Both have the same opportunities. Both have the same, the, 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 the potential of both of these were very, very great. And as they make the path through this process, faithful in the process, one calls me and says, Pastor, my eyes caught a certain girl. What do you think of her? I said, hmm. Well, let me tell you, I've always thought there's a prize for somebody, for some young man, I mean some young lady, or some young man, there's a prize. She, she's going to be a prize for somebody, just like some of you young ladies in this church right now. I think we got some young ladies that's going to be a prize for some young man one day. And, and he said, he said, okay. He said, he said, now, you, now, now listen, now, now before you get all defensive and put up walls and bark me out, no, the preacher don't know it all. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. Here's what I want you to see. One said, I'm going to use the wisdom around me. I'm going to access the great wisdom there is. Do you understand when you're over 50, you know more than when you do when you're 13? How many understands that? And if you don't, God help us all. Because ain't nothing worse when you're in your 50s trying to act like you're 13 again. Nothing worse. And so, and, and he accessed all the wisdom. And, and, and in his faithful in this process, I watched. And, and, and all through the process, being faithful, he used the wisdom around him. Hold it, the same young man. The same young man. Same potential. But you see, he never accessed the wisdom around him. 
He never come to my office and said, Pastor, what do you think about this? He never asked the people around him. He just decided what he wanted to do. And, and I've lived long enough and I've pastored long enough. It's not that I know more than anybody in this church. I don't. But I know something you don't know. Here's what I know. You know one family. I know a multitude of families and I watch how things happen and how they play out. And I watch this just family. And before, now, now both, these, both these young men both got great potential. One's got a very strong marriage and the other one's done been divorced before he was 21. And not in church tonight and a very bitter, angry young man. Now, what did it happen? Did it happen here? No. It happened in being faithful in the process. And that, that same role plays out in almost everything in life. You know, it's amazing this. And Brother Barry's learning this. Everybody, everybody wants the supervisor's position and title and management and the money and, 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 and all that stuff. But you know what they don't want? They don't want to be faithful in the process to get there. There is something about David that, son, go take some cheese and bread to your brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, son, take care of them sheep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's something about being faithful in the process that makes when you face the giant you will learn some things being faithful in the process so when the giant shows up, you're not defeated because of your faithfulness in the process. Because what happens by being faithful in the process is in the choices. Dr. Howes tells this story. He said one day a young man came to him and him and his wife and, and, and they were very busy in the church and very, very active members of the church. And... Uh, he said he'd come by his office and they, they were, God was using them. And he come by and said, Pastor, we want you to know we're going to be resigning everything Sunday and we're going to be moving to Texas. I've got a better job. I can make more money and we're moving to Texas. And Dr. Howell said he pleaded with him. He said, listen, whatever you do, that's not a good move. That's a bad decision. But they did it anyway. Because you see, I'm not anybody's God. I'm not your God. There's one thing about it. This, white, this hair didn't get white just because it turned white. You learned some things. And, and Dr. Howe said, no, please don't. Uh, a year later, he gets a call from a Texas prison. And the man on the other end, and he recognizes it, and he said, do you remember? He said, yes, sir. How's it going? He thought he was visiting the prison there in a prison ministry doing something for God. But you know what happened? He was in the prison. Because here's what happened. Instead of being faithful in the process, being faithful what God was doing in their life, being faithful in the process, they decided they'd take turn and make some money. 
One day he got sick, he come home. He heard noises upstairs. He went upstairs and caught his wife with another man. And in his anger, he pulled a pistol and shot both of them to death. He said, Pastor, Brother Hiles, I'm in prison for life. Please, please, please. He said, had we just stayed faithful in the process. Now, some of you right now, and I'm not here to hurt you. Please don't, don't boo me out. But you're paying the price for not being faithful in the process. Some of you had to deal with some issues with people because you weren't faithful in the process. And those issues are hard. But I'm trying to tell you, there's something about being faithful in the process. And, and it's the most powerful truth you'll ever get. It's not the big things. It's, it, it, it's the little things. It's the, it's the serving in the, in, in the opportunity that you get. Can, can I help you? Before I ever pastored, I cleaned the church at, at Gospel Line. Before I ever pastored, I mowed the grass. Before I believed God to do something great, I believed God to give me a lawnmower, and He did. But I, I made a mistake. I just prayed for a lawnmower. Next time I prayed, I prayed for a new one because I had to work on that thing every week. It wasn't God's fault. I wasn't specific enough in my praying. Before I, before, and here's where, and I believe this with every fiber of my being. I believe there are a multitude of families. They're, 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 they're torn all to pieces. They're divided. They're broken. They're hurted. They're angry. They're angry because they chose not to be faithful in the process. They decided they knew more than God did in the process. They decided we're out of here. We're gone. I believe with every fiber of my being. You might be here tonight. I believe with all my heart there's marriages shattered in a thousand pieces because men have said, nobody will tell me what to do. I'll do my own thing. You drag a family out. And in doing so, the devil finds a place. Because there's something about being faithful in the process. You young people, a precious family called me yesterday. One of the wisest families in the church. Not that I know it all. I don't need business. I don't need no more business. I got plenty to do. But I had enough wisdom. Pastor, we need your wisdom. And I shared what little bit I had. And I do believe they're making one of the greatest choices of their life. Because you see, in this faithful in the process is where David, David didn't learn he didn't defeat the giant when he's facing the giant. The giant was defeated back there tending sheep and delivering bread and cheese and being obedient to the simple things. You see, why would God... Can I ask you a question? Why would God give you something great if you couldn't do something small? Why would, you know, I, I have people that all the time ask me this question. Why has God let you pastor there? And I look at them and I say, God, I don't know. But the truth is I do. 
Because when I had a Sunday school class at Gospel Light, I taught it to the last Sunday God put me here as pastor. I, I, when I came here, we had 18. And I want you to know something. I was as thrilled and excited about 18 as I was the 180 we had Sunday. And regardless of what God chooses to put in this place, I refuse to get more excited about something big than I was when the first 18 died. I was thrilled to be the pastor there. And I gave it my very best. See, we've got to be faithful in the process. If you cannot learn to be faithful, every time people buck, rebel, Kick the process. You're literally rebelling and kicking your future. You make it impossible for God to use you. Not that He wants He wants to. He's got some giants to kill. But in His faithfulness, in the process, is where the great secret lied. And, and I'm amazed at that. I'm I'm amazed at. And that, that, that we, 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 we fail right here. We, we stumble right here. And, and Satan's a master. Satan's a master. A, a, a young man asked me the other day, it, it, basically, he, what he was saying was this. How, how, be faithful. What, how do you become great? What, what's God got in the future for me? Be faithful in the process. It, it is, if you can't believe the Bible, how in the world is the Bible ever going to help you? If you don't believe tithing honors God and God will honor you, then you, you can never trust God enough to be faithful. So this process, this faithfulness in the process is where the victory was won. Uh, you young people, you got a wealth of wisdom around you. Here's the question. Have you got enough sense to use it? Have you got enough? Have you, got, have, have you, have you, are, are you, are you so smart? Well, I tell you, I got my daddy. Well, that's a good wisdom to go to. That's the first wisdom to go to. You'll never find me kicking mom and daddy. No, that's the first one. But you know what? Mom and daddy loves you. And mom and daddy may not tell you exactly what you need to hear. You might need someone that's not mom and daddy to love you enough to say, this is what you need to do. And so you got to be faithful in that process. David was faithful in that process. I stand amazed at that. And because he's headed to the one great thing. He's headed to the one great thing. I, when, when, he, when he slews him, they're going to sing songs about him. Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his ten thousands. They're going to sing about him. They're going to rave about him. They're gonna, he's going to get the spotlight. His name's going to be on the sign. Some of you wanted to do something for God. But you can't even get here half the time. Why in the world? How many of you remember this day? I, I, I know some of you will. Well, I tell you what, 
They're not faithful, so let's give them a job in the church. How many remembers that? How stupid can we get? That's like saying, I'm going to get me a doctor, but he ain't going to show up in one day a week. I'm going going to go. uh, That's like having uh, someone that's in... That, that's going to serve and yet not have... What the, how crazy that thinking was. No. Why, why would I want to... People, I love this. People come through the door all the time. Why tell you, preacher, I want to work with the young people. Okay, hang around here for a while. Why do you think I want to give you our young people if I don't know what you're going to do? If you're going to kick this old book, why would I want to give you our young people? Master, you say, I just don't believe it. Pilot, why would I want to give you anything? Why would God want to give you anything? The greatest thing that I could give you young people here tonight is this, is faithful in the process. And Satan seeks to trip you up in the process. I believe there are men that are smarter, that are greater, that are better preachers, that are brighter, that's got more potential than I have ever had. I mean, if you put them beside me, they could out-preach me, out-talk me in every, every fashion in the world, and they should be slaying giants. But they're not. And the reason being was they just chose not to be faithful in the process. And you know what? I've just been dumb enough to say, God, whatever you got planned, every door you open, I run to it. My pastor said, get your radio broadcast. I got 15 minutes, and I thought that's the greatest thing ever was. They still shut me and me wants to go on radio. If I get a better time, a good time, I may do it. I, why? Because being faithful in the process. How many of you are getting it? David was faithful in the process. Number two. Number two. Let's move on. I'm going to keep you all night if I don't. Not only was he faithful in the process, but you got to filter the provocations. Now, don't you listen to me? This is where a whole lot of folks get sidetracked. David, David's going to be faithful. It started here. Samuel come, poured oil on him. He said, you are going to be the next king of Israel. He's fixing, and, and David says, okay, thank you very much. He wipes the oil off, and he goes back to tending sheep. He goes back to what he was doing before. Son, go take your brother some bread and cheese. Yes, sir. He loads him up. And in the midst of being faithful in the process, you've got to learn to filter the provocations. If you walk with God... If you choose to walk with God, you're going to provoke somebody. 
Somebody is going to try. Satan will have someone to try to trip you up in the process. There was three provocations in this story. Are we listening? Some of you need to hear this. If you're facing provocation now, I'm giving you a great truth. You need to hear this. There was three. The first one in his journey of being faithful in the process came personal. Elab, his brother. Why are you doing here? Why are you doing here? You old proud, cocky thing. Who'd you leave them cheap with anyway? Why are you doing here? And some of the most challenging ones that we provoke is those in our own families. Some of the most challenging people we face is in our own families. Do you understand that if you're going to serve God and live for God, those around you that are not saved, here's the great challenge of it. They're not even going to know why, but they're angry with you. They don't like you. They certainly don't like what you're doing. They don't agree with you. They're upset with you. And they may not even know why they're doing it. Because they don't understand you're choosing to be faithful in the process. And they're not choosing to do so. They're choosing to love this world and the things of this world. The Bible says, Demas hath forsaken me. Paul made it personal. Because he loved this present evil world. You know, if you love God, you can't love this world with the same amount. You're going, if you, the Bible says, no man, no person can serve two masters. You either love the one or hate the other. You cannot love two masters. Something will master you. Don't miss this. I need to really help some of you right now. So I want your utmost attention. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. If you only knew how true that is, you let money come into a family. You, you let a little bit of money get into a family. And it'll divide, it'll destroy families if the love of money's there. Honey, man, you ain't going to fight too much over that, are we? Amen, say amen right there. Help me out. The love of money. And when you are walking and, and you're faithful in the process, you have to filter the provocations. The first one's personal. Okay, what do you filter the personal provocations through. You filter them through a purpose. David's answer to his brother was this. Is there not a cause? What have I done? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? The way you filter a provocation when it's personal is through a purpose. Is there not a cause, my children? Is there not a cause, my grandchildren? Is there not a cause, my babies? Is there not a cause? 
And so when it's personal, the attack is personal. You filter the personal through a purpose. The next attack came. The next, I ain't done much on my filming moving tonight. Praise God. Have a first one. Second one is not the personal, but the positional. The next one David faces, and being faithful in the process, he comes up and Saul said, Hey, little boy, what are you going to do? Hey, runt. Hey, runt. What are you going to do? He's a man of war. Look at him. And this ain't even accurate because there was a man in front of him with a shield. He's a man of war. Here is how you filter the positional. Saul's the man in charge. Saul's the man in power. He's, he's, one, he's the one who wants to make the decision here. What are you doing here? You can't beat him. The positional. Here's how you filter the positional through your past. Through your past. Oh, okay, King. Then let me tell you about my victories. Let me tell you about my victories. There's a lion come out, and I whipped that. And there's a bear come out, and I whipped that. You know how you defeat, filter the provocation when it's positional? Just tell them what you've done. Tell them what you've done. Tell them what God's already done in your life. By the way, that's part of being faithful in a process. While David's faithful in the process, tending sheep, God gives him the ability to, to, to rip a, a bear apart. God gives him the ability to rip a lion apart. My, what a story. What a story. See, some of you want a story, but you're not faithful in the process. I'm going to give you one story. God taught me this lesson, and I'll never forget it. I'd been to Valdez. I'd left Valdez and went to Caldwell. I left Caldwell. I went to Fry, and I went all the way to, to Catawba, all in one day making visits. I had just walked back in the office, and a woman called and said, My brother's down at Caldwell. I'm in Catawba. Could you go see him? Why, yeah, I'd be glad to. Crawled and fussed all the way down there. Lord, he's not even a member here. And I've been all around the world today. And I'm tired. And Lord, I'm, I'm, but God, I'll go. So I walk in and I come to the door and he's gone. Walk down the hospital, and, and, and honest, God knows my. I, I'm walking down and said, God, I just tell you, I just tell you. Hey, you, is you a preacher? And those words, I've never had anything. I never felt so ashamed. 
And a little black woman sitting in there in a chair. And I said, ma'am, I'm trying. That's the only thing I said. Ma'am, I'm trying. Lousy, you come in here. I've been waiting on all day for somebody to come and pray with me. I went in. She said, you pray first. And I bowed and said a few words. Feeling about that big. And that woman started patting me on the head. I swear to goodness, I ain't so sure I wouldn't have saw the Lord. If I looked up, I've never had anybody to pray for me like that. And I'm going to tell you, I, remember, I still remember her patting me on the head. You see, when those come around and say, you know, you, you, you ain't nothing, you, you, and, and, and those in position say, what have you done? Well, let me tell you my story. That day God gave me a story. And that day I left the hospital. I said, God, if you will help me, I will never complain about another visit again. Because being faithful in the process, David, when he faced the man in charge, the positional man, the man who's going to decide if he goes to battle or not, the man who's going to give him the okay to go or not, he says, here's how he defend with his past. Then he had to face the most powerful one. What? You think I'm a dog? You come here, you little sorry run. I'm going to take your head off. I'm going to feed you to the birds. And here's how you defeat those that are more powerful than you. Are you listening? Here's how you defeat those that are more powerful than you. You say, I can't defeat you. I know somebody can. You come to me with a spirit and a sword, and I've come to you in the name of Jesus. I want you to know the way you defeat the powerful is with something more powerful. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I want you to know, you know how you learn that? You know how you learn that? You don't learn that by starting here and saying, I'm going to fight me a job, praise God, hallelujah. Okay, I'm ready. You know, it don't happen that way. You're not, you're, the child defeats you every time. He'll defeat you every time. It's one. Son, did you tend to sheep today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Daddy walks down through there. Oh, there he is. He's in his place. He's tending him sheep. He comes in and clothes is torn and maybe he's a little bit on the bloody side. Son, what happened? Well, let me tell you, Daddy, what happened today. He said, a bear got out of my sheep. He said, bless God, I ain't letting that happen. I went and grabbed hold of that bear and I ripped him apart, but he got me a little bit right here. Tore my clothes up a little bit. But he said, Daddy, God gave, Daddy, God, God gave me the victory. A few days later, he comes in and he's got scratches on him all over. Son, what happened to you? Daddy, let me tell you, a lot God, God, God gave me the victory. God gave me the victory. Faithfulness 
in the process. How many of you were coming here when we had our first Happy Heart Sunday? And we was asking God for 30. Amen. And when God gave us 30, we said, Oh, glory to God, we got 30. Then we asked God for 50. And we shouted over 50. Boy, we asked God for that first 100. It took us forever to break that 100 barrier. But boy, when we did, hallelujah. You see, when you're faithful in the process. When you're faithful. When you're seeking God. When you're asking God. Lord, I want to be open. You young men and young ladies. The only thing you ought to be doing now is saying, God, who do you want me to have as a mate? And let God, and by the way, some of you got a wrong idea about something. If it's got to be fixed now, you'll be fixing it the rest of your life. You remember when you was a young lady? You remember when you was a young girl? Don't you just love this? You give me twenty dollars after service. And David come and said, I got feelings for your daughter. What kind of feelings you got? I said, Every boy you date is a potential husband. And you won't change him. How much have you changed David Lane? <laughs> we want him to go over here. And just leave it alone. But your, your bill will be $25. If, you've got, if, you, if, you think, if it's got to be fixed now, you'll be fixing it all your life. Are you listening? Hey, listen, if it's right now, it'll be right for the rest of your life. If it's proper now, if it's godly now, it'll be godly for the rest of your life. I didn't know if you figured it out. But the young man I was talking about was Matthew. See, don't blame me down the road either. Don't come to me 10 years ago and say, my God, why'd you tell him Okay. Put me in this mess. He came to me and said, what do you think about Sarah? I said, I'm, I'm amazed that somebody hadn't already put some claims on that. I said, I think she'll be a prize. I think there's a whole lot of young men and young ladies sitting right here now. I think one day you're going to be a prize for someone. But you've got to have enough sense to be faithful in the process. And you better use all the wisdom you have around you. Because you see, the wisdom around you is not going to be in love with the person you are and they'll see them for what they really are. And there's some things about people that you can figure out right real quick if you're old enough and wise enough to see it. Last of all, last of all, I'm done. Somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, you got to face the problems. You had to face the giant. No, no, matter way, no matter how you look at it, Somewhere, he's going to face the giant. And he does. 
And Goliath comes with force. I'll outfight you, scream you, lust you, overpower you, destroy you. I can, I can, I can. That's why Goliath came. With force. I'll take you out with force. David came with faith. I can't do anything with you, but I know someone who can and will. And when it's all done, David's got a trophy head, a glass armor, and a testimony that they're writing songs about, they're talking about, all because he faced the problem. Here tonight, you'll face the problem one of two ways, with force or with faith. Here tonight, can I encourage you? Dr. Hiles said this, greatness, are you listening? Are you listening? Greatness, greatness, is in the preparation, not in the performance. Someone has said, how long did it take you to prepare a sermon? It takes 20 years. 20 years. Because a sermon is not the performance of an hour. It is the outflow of a life. It takes 20 years. It's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed.